In the card like UFC Vegas 19 where we saw four fighters miss weight, one guy miss weight by two weight classes, you know, a little featherweight action, you were know, just looking for 146 pounds, Blake. And you tip the scales at 157 and a half. Uh, it's not a good look. Not a good look, but that didn't matter. None of those really put a hindrance on this cards because, I mean, the prelims, we started with five straight knockouts on the prelims. And then big day for rising stars and for the heavyweight division. A heavyweight division that's only getting better by each card. But Blake, we're here to talk about UC Vegas 19. We're here to talk about some Kamar Usman and Hori Mazdal news. And we're here to take a look ahead at next or this week's now UFC Vegas 20 card. And so, my friend, how are you feeling tonight? Feeling good. Ready to talk about these fights over the weekend. Definitely a knockout filled card. Oh, yeah. And I think we should just get rolling into while this wasn't a knockout itself. It was certainly a finish up because we had Rising Star formerly unranked. The new rankings haven't come out yet at the time of recording, but we can assume he might be able to get maybe in the top 15. More than likely, he's going to be right outside of it still. But you never really know with that. But Tom Aspinall versus Andre Orlovsky, a former legend in his own right. A guy that deserves a tremendous amount of respect. A guy that's on... A uh, two-fight winning streak going into this one as well. But he, the veteran, it makes a mistake in the second round. He tries to get up. And as he's trying to get up after a takedown, he gives up his back. Puts in a quick rear naked choke that uh, Aspinall did. And Andre Arlovsky with a quick tap because he, he knew it was over. Great fight, though. Fantastic showing by Tom Aspinall. Especially when he almost had the fight won the first round. Where he put out like a flurry of, like, what, 20 shots landed against the cage? It was insane. I I was shocked that the fight didn't end right there. Yeah, I think you said uh, Olenek, but uh, we're talking about Arlovsky. Arlovsky. Yeah, I said Arlovsky. You're thinking Olenek. I don't know, bro. You're tripping. Well, we'll go back to the film. I said Andre Arlovsky. Arlovsky. Okay. Yeah, yeah. trust me. Trust me. That, yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's just not what he used to be. But, uh... Credit to Aspinall, he got him out of there. He got him choked out. And easy night, another win bonus, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yep. So that's three in a row. I mean, shoot. That's pretty much perfect start to the career, really. Three three wins, three win bonuses. You can't can't really do better than that. No, no, I don't really think so. It, yeah, like I said, Tom Aspinall, another one. And now we kind of have to look and always got to ask what's next. And to be honest, though, first I wanted to kind of talk about that. Recently, Andre Larsky has taken a kind of a unique role where he's almost like a gatekeeper to the new to the to the new blood in the division. Where because last year he had fights against Tanner Bozer and Philip Lenz, two guys that I believe have a um, a good future ahead of them in this heavyweight division. And now he's trying to tell Masvidal, do you think this is kind of his role that he's going to be settled into? Or like up until retirement, is, is this just kind of what Andre is going to be doing for the UFC? I think if he wants to continue having a job, yeah, <clears throat> I think uh, he just doesn't really have too much of a choice. You know, it's uh, he's he's not going to get those top high level fights anymore unless he starts beating guys like Tom Aspinall. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of what he's been, I guess, relegated to now at this point in his career. Is it the worst thing, though? Do you like him in this situation? 
I mean, if he likes fighting and he doesn't mind being the uh, the nail rather than the hammer, then yeah, sure. I mean, that's that's fine for him, but it, it kind of just depends where, where, uh, where he's at in his career, what he wants to do in his career. If he's just fighting to have fun at this point mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, just literally his job, then I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But, you know, if he starts taking some really big butt kickings like he kind of did in that first round, mm-hmm. might want to think about, you know, hanging it up. Moving to Bellator. <laughs> or just hanging it up, man. He's got enough fights, honestly. Oh, if, yeah. Don't know what his financial situation is like, but I mean, I can't imagine it's too bad. No, I, I mean, with, with a record like 30 and 20 with 50 professional fights, I feel like you should have a little bit in the bank at least, at least a little, little bit from there. And honestly, I think it's a solid litmus test. Now, of course, Andre Larsky, he's not the guy that he used to be. Of course, he's not. You remember, he's no prime pit bull because that prime pit bull was a scary monster. But he's still a solid competitor, and it's a good litmus test for these new guys to see if they're kind of legit. You know, get past his first big test in their career. So. I'm okay with it. I'm, it's a cool measuring stick that the UFC has, really. And then in terms for Aspinall, what's next for him? Because I think he is deserving of a fight within that top 15, um, especially if he's not going to be in it after these new rankings come out, which I don't think it will. But a top 15 fight should be next for him, huh? Yeah, I think it's time to see a step up in competition. Um Definitely a guy that has a number next to his name. I, that would be really cool for him. Hopefully, I don't think it's time for him to fight another guy that fought on this card, Daukus. I don't mm-hmm. think it's time for them to fight yet. I'd like to continue to see them get built up. I hate seeing <clears throat> guys that are both kind of rising stars go at each other. Mm-hmm. I'd rather let them uh, kind of see where they're at first, and then if they keep going on their tear, they're they're destined to match up. So I'd like to see them get maybe another – Maybe another veteran fight in there. See what they're made out of. See, uh, see if they can get their their win streak increased to one more, and then maybe let them go at it. Gotcha. Because then they'll both have numbers next to the name, yeah. and it'll have even more, uh, I guess, momentum. Yeah. Well, Biz, it was Aspinall that kind of put it out there that he would like to fight the winner between Olnick and and Dawkins. And I, th- for his from his standpoint, I thought that was a great call out. Especially if I knew it wasn't going to happen, but especially if uh, Olnick won, then that'd be a, a even better call out. Um, you could argue, but um, no, I, I'm side with you. I don't want to see one of these guys lose yet in, in the UFC. You know, because if you're the UFC, you kind of want these guys to be successful, right? You kind of want them to have a hot start to the career and really make them into stars. Because I mean. You're in the UFC. Your business is making money. And how you make money? You make money with stars. And well, I think they're they're getting to the. Uh, sorry to cut you off. I yeah. think they're they're getting to the area now where there's there's op there's still options. It's yes. not like the top. They don't have where, to fight each other yet. Right. Like they're getting to just the scratching the surface now, where they can fight like uh maybe the is, did Mark Hunt retire yet? Uh, I think. I, I can't he, remember if he did or didn't. He's still also having that giant legal battle with the UFC, so I don't think he's ever really going to do well, anything for, for that. For sure, another guy from that realm of the of the earth, uh, Bam Bam Tuivasa, mm-hmm. uh, Stefan Struve. Or no, he's, he's out of he's the UFC. He's retired now. I'm, who am I thinking of? Uh, Volkov. He can, he Volkov can, is a little up there. He's a little up there. Um, maybe one of these... 
if JDS, I know he's on a four fight losing streak, right? Um, but uh, he might be out of the UFC. Who knows? I don't need no uh, news for him yet. Blagoy Ivanov, Sergey uh, Pavlovich, and then also Marcin Tabura, a guy that's also recently broken onto the scene. Sergey, he was on the uh, prelims. Yeah, and he got a TKO, right? I, yeah, Sergey um, got, got himself a nice little TKO right there. Yeah. So, um, sorry, uh, Sergey Spivak got got the TKO, um, and, and that oh, that was over uh, Jared Vandera. So a different, you're thinking uh, different, Sergey. Greg Hardy, there's another Ooh. guy. Tom Aspinall versus put, Greg Hardy. What, yeah, what if he put Dalkis or Greg, you know, uh, Dalkis or Aspinall up against? Uh, Hardy. We'll get to we'll get to Chris in a second. I think Doc is is clearly above a Greg Hardy at this point, but Aspinall, Aspinall and Hardy, that oh Blake, you might have just walked into some money with that one right there. You might yeah. have just walked into some money with that one right there. Because number fifteen is Tabura, like that's that's the lowest ranked guy. Yeah. So, and that's just not really a that doesn't get me excited, you know. I can mess with that i can mess i like with i like hardy. aspinall versus hardy though that yeah. sounds pretty enticing oh that's good to me blake i i, I think can... aspinall that's easy money i have to be a <laughs> douchebag but that's kind of easy money for yeah. aspinall I hey think. let's roll with that tom aspinall versus greg hardy let's book that one now the next fight he's not heavyweight but he is an up-and-comer in the middleweight division that's philip Haas, and he took down nazardine i'm uh i'm above and he just used some really Really strong wrestling to outlast uh, Amavov because he was rocked two or three times, especially late in that third round. I really thought he was about to get knocked down that third round and have one hell of a comeback. Um, but he was able to land four or seven takedowns, which is pretty solid. There are also some solid throws, too. They weren't just like some double legs and stuff. He uh, got some slams in that some bitch, too. He moves to 10 and 2. And. A Blake, I don't know if you know this, but this UFC middleweight division is in really good hands right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I damn, mean, this guy's man. still this guy's still got a ways to go before yeah. you can really even scratch the surface. I think really the top fifteen. Um, but yeah, I mean, the middleweight division is definitely one of the more competitive divisions right now. I'd say welterweight, lightweight, bantamweight middleweight's getting really competitive too bad izzy freaking left is there a like bad division in the ufc right now it's gotten a lot better i remember a couple years ago it was getting a little stale well like the heavyweight especially 125 heavyweight even light heavyweight for a while has been mm -hmm. you know basically dc rumble and uh john jones okay. well for a and while then, it was of course john Gustafson jones too it was john jones having to fight someone due to contract obligations essentially there wasn't an agile challenger to his belt for a while Basically, the Valentina and Amanda Nunes situation right yeah. now. I'd say those are really the two boringest, well, most boring divisions right now are, well, three, actually, technically. 125, 135, 145 for women's. Everything in the men's division, I feel like it's pretty clear except for uh, 155. And once that is kind of, you know, the, the, the water, you know, clears in that one, I think that's mm -hmm. going to be a very exciting division as well. So... I am looking forward to, and then also to just these middleweight fights coming up too. 
it's going to be fan-freaking-tastic if you're a fan of this division. Now, the next fight, let's finally get into it. Chris Dawkins versus taking down the number 10 ranked Aleski Olenek. He earned himself a performance of the night bonus in this one as well. And now, he makes that three UFC fights. Three First round finishes. Of course, his UC debut came against Parker Porter and knocked him out 430 into the first round. They went on to knock out Rodrigo Ferreira in 45 seconds into the first round. Now, Aleski Olnick goes down just about two minutes into the first round. And I've been trying to say, ever since he busted onto the scene, Blake, ever since he had the fight against Parker Porter last summer, I knew that this guy was going to be good because the size and just that hand speed. That hand speed is something else at that heavyweight division. And he just keeps proving it, uh, all of his supporters right. Chris Dawkins, I mean, he was talking before the fight how he doesn't want to be, uh, He's a Philadelphia cop part-time. He says he's trying to be able to move into MMA full-time. I think a win over a top 10 heavyweight opponent might just do the trick. Yeah, it's crazy to me that Olenek was ranked number 10. I kind of forgot about that going into this <laughs> but uh you know you got to put respect on the guy's name um so yeah Daukus is going to have at least the number 10 you'd think he'd have the number 10 spot now moving him ahead of Walt Harris uh Junior Dos Santos yeah Blagoy Ivanov Sergey Pavlovich and Tabora I would agree that's, he's better than those fighters that's pretty cool so now you think he'd do you think he's going to look ahead or do you think he's going to look kind of by, so like like a Walt Harris right by him, Junior Dos Santos right under him, or do you think he would look up towards? Uh, I'm not gonna even try to say that name. Ab I'm gonna try. Abdurakamivov. <laughs> it's an interesting one. This one is because or August Augusto Saki, Sakai. Yeah, Augusto Sakai. Uh, it's Who did he of, just lose to? Uh, this is kind of a tough one to really think about because. He's in the number 10. I don't think he needs to fight someone below him. I already think he's better than the Walt Harrison and JDS and all those guys. So I don't know if it does much good to really fight one of them. But also above him, there's not a lot to do as well. Maybe besides Shamil and Augusto, just purely based off of rank. Just because you're ranked ahead of him, so he should fight them. Because if you look, it's seven to one. They're all taking. You got Cyril Gan against um, Rosenstroik, which is going down UFC Vegas twenty. Yeah, I was just gonna say the also only Overeem's, other guy he could call out is Overeem, it, but he's on a suspension. Overeem's either he's suspended and will um, he's more than likely going to retire. But if he doesn't retire, we already know there's a name that wants to quote clap his cheeks. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that man uh, right. in, in a few minutes and and Volk. Is Volkov just, too, is that too high of a push right now? Is that too much, too quick? Uh, I, I mean, think, I don't know. They fed Greg Hardy to him, so yeah. Like that's the thing is Volkov is kind of he he's on a streak right now. That's why he's a high riser right now. I feel like Volkov used to be in the ten to twelve range, not mm. even a year ago. Yeah, and then he kind of got on that hot streak. If he didn't get um, if he didn't get knocked up by Derek Lewis in less twenty seconds, he'd be. Well, what's crazy is he was gonna he was winning that fight. Oh, he was hands down winning that fight, hands down. And Derek Lewis just went full on black beast crazy mode <laughs> and knocked his ass silly. I. So yeah, I think definitely eight or nine is probably the best bet for uh, yeah. Dalkis right now. Either that or or stay active and fight you know Walt Harris. Mm -hmm. 
Because I mean, then you have you don't really have a lot to lose. I don't know. You haven't he, lost I don't yet. Know if he wants to fight, or I don't want Wall Harris to lose another one. That was a problem. I know oh. that's a tough one. Yeah, hey, maybe Wall should just stick with like a Blagoy real quick or something like that. Maybe. Oh, it's tough. Um, no, but all in all, Chris Dawkins, he's going to be in the top five of the heavyweight division within a year from today. Not this calendar year, but he's going to be in it within 12 months. He's going to be within that top five. I will I will guarantee that right now for you, Blake. I'll do that. Wow. He's going to have to beat a Lewis, Rosenstroik, Nganu, or a Blades. I think he's going to be able to do that by that time. I really do. At least a Volkov. I, he'll at least be able to beat the Volkov by that point. Interesting. We'll see. Yeah. He's I, only I, got four spots to clean up basically i'm a fan of him i am a huge fan of him i think he's going to do great things in this division and then at the top of the division pretty much so breaking into that top five like we're talking about let's talk about this main event because Derek lewis versus curtis blades with one hell of a knockout in this one oh my lord this was insane and we, there's a, the whole story leading into this, Blake, was um, is he going to wrestle? Is Derek Lewis going to get taken down? How is his wrestling? It hasn't improved since he uh, fought Daniel Cormier for the heavyweight title be, um, in the interim between um, Cormier, Cormier CP1 and Cormier CP2. We remember um, CP didn't get the immediate title um, shot after he lost, so he had to deal with that. And... We have so suspect. I don't understand that. Yeah, no, no one does. But we don't need to go back to that time. It was a weird time. It was a really slow start to this fight. A really slow start. Not a lot of punches thrown. A heavy filling out process. We had Derek Lewis stepping all three of the takedown attempts that Curtis Blades threw at him. And I think the craziest step, Blake, is Derek Lewis. He threw 23 total strikes in, in this fight with about seven and a half minutes of work. 23 strikes within about seven and a half minutes. He lands only seven of those, but he still comes out with the dub in this one. And that's because Derek Lewis or um, Curtis Blades shoots for a takedown and Lewis just times his uppercut perfectly. And it sounded like a baseball bat hitting a baseball you know, Blades just goes limp and then Lewis with a couple of follow-up shots just just for the cherry on top. This was one hell of a knockout, one hell of a statement by the greatest heavyweight knockout artist. And now tied for the most knockouts in UFC history. He With his 12 now, he ties Vitor Belfort for most UFC knockouts of all time. Super impressive. Yeah, I, I mean, Curtis Blades... You knew what he was going to do. You knew he wanted to go to his wrestling at some point. Yeah. And he, it was actually surprising to me how, how well he was looking in that first round. I mean, mm -hmm. he, it seemed like he was almost dominating the fight, really. And uh, I was actually texting my friend um, just how off kind of Derek Lewis looked. And it's funny because he even admitted after the fight during his uh, post-fight press conference, he was like, yeah, I mean, I just, for whatever reason... I couldn't get my body going that well, night because his balls are cold. <laughs> Super frustrating, and that's 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 wild to me mm -hmm. that he he was having an off night. He couldn't get his body going, whatever it was, and he still knocked this dude into the shadow realm. <laughs> I mean, you could tell. Isn't he that scary? Got, he probably drilled that same freaking uppercut 
hundreds, thousands of times during this camp. And I mean, credit to Curtis for even going for a takedown. Cause that's, that's a scary thought now that we've seen the aftermath of it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's the name of the game. You right. go for the takedowns, you, you, you leave yourself open to those uppercuts and Derek Lewis capitalized. I mean, I, that has to be harder than it looks, right? I mean, yeah. it's yes. not like, it's not like he just, I don't know, man. That, well, if it was, it was, if it was easy, we'd see every fighter land an uppercut like that every time someone dove for a takedown. Like Habib would have been hit with one of those shots by now if it was that easy. Exactly. You Derek know? Lewis is just a freak. He's a freak. That, that, that I think that's the only way to describe it. I think the funniest part was, of course, Derek Lewis always great in his post-fight interviews, where he's saying a lot of people thought uh, that those last two shots were unnecessary. Herb and people thought it was a late stoppage. I mean, literally, Herb Dean couldn't get there sooner than than he did. Okay, so so that was a stupid criticism. But you have Derek Lewis hitting the couple extra shots because uh, Curtis Blades could have risen up like the Undertaker and just eaten those. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's crazy. And so, now, Blake, I already know exactly what I want from Derek Lewis, but we'll talk that first or um, last. What do you want next for Curtis Blades? And I ask you, is it too soon for a rematch with Volkov, or do we go another route? Uh, I don't know. Their first fight was back in June of last year. I that I yeah that's it's tough for me because Blades is just not a guy that I super enjoy watching mm-hmm. unless he has a fight like he did against Overeem mm-hmm. where he just kills people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean for him, I think it's kind of just a wait and see right now. Mm. We got Rosenstruck coming up this weekend. Rosenstruck and Ghana, baby. So I mean, there's gonna be some. There's gonna be a path cleared real soon mm-hmm. it's just once some of these guys like you got Rosenstreich and Ganu, and then we got gone or i think i always say gone it's gone right yeah serial gone versus who's he fighting again he's fighting Rosenstreich, uh... baby oh shoot i'm yeah. tripping yeah, out you just said that <laughs> so yeah those guys are fighting yep i was thinking of francis and Ganu for some oh. reason i already got Ganu and insipe um, Lewis and Blades just fought. So the only other guy, yeah, Volkov, Overeem still on his little medical suspension. Yeah. So I mean, really, I think it's kind of just a wait and see whoever gets healthy first. Mm-hmm. Probably going to have the uh, the contract offers That's between fair. Volkov, Overeem. Uh, I'm sure Overeem doesn't want to fight Blades again. So yeah, it's probably going to be Volkov's fight. Yeah. Or one of these up and comers, he might have to fight. He might have to fight number eight, number nine, someone that's you know free. Mm-hmm. I think there's a really easy answer for both these fighters, quite personally. Uh, just real quick, to get out of the way, Derek Lewis was saying that he wants to clap Alistair Overeem's cheeks before he retires. And so we, that, that might be a possibility. We never know. Let's not let's not count that out. Uh, and if that does happen, Lewis will be clapping those cheeks hard. Hard. But, Blake, here we go. Super easy answer to both these, to both these guys' next opponents, okay? You want to hear it? Super simple. We take Curtis Blades, he fights the loser of Ghana Rosenstreich. Derek Lewis fights the winner of Ghana Rosenstreich. It's that simple. That's all we gotta do with it, this, right? Is is it is this easy? Is that because I really think it is. Mm, yeah, I think so. I mean it could be, because you already got 
just John Jones is the only curveball that's yes. thrown in this division. Well, the because you don't see him on the rankings, but he's no. he's number he is number two he's, behind Nganu. He's one B at this point. Nganu's one A. John Jones is one B because at least according to all belief, we're having the Sipe in Nganu rematch that's going down. And then the 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 belief for everyone is that John Jones is going to fight the winner. Of that fight, and that's an idea that I'll so not... who does the loser of that fight then? Nganu versus the <laughs> winner Nganu. of Lewis and the winner of the the jump or so so the loser of that fights the winner of Lewis versus the winner of Ghana Rosenstrike. <laughs> it sucks because if Nganu loses, it just it's yeah. just the same old. You mean if or when? If Nganu always has a puncher's chance, you never know. He could go Deontay we'll get to Wilder. That. We'll, we'll get to UFC 260 real soon. Real damn soon, of course. Dude, uh, um, In a perfect world, though. In the perfect world, it's a fight like this. You have the number four guy against the number two guy. It's a fight in a big knockout. It's a fight like this where if it wasn't for John Jones... I would say Derek Lewis gets the next title shot. He he'll fight the winner of um, Nganu and Stipe. I, I believe. I mean, that... I, I'm pretty sure that's how he got his first one, right? Didn't he get his first one after he knocked out Volkov? Yeah, knocked out Volkov. Yeah. and then so, he I mean, that's usually fight. what happens. Also, there wasn't really John anyone Jones. in that heavy in the heavyweight division at that point besides Stipe because he was out with the medical suspension, I believe, because of you know a little finger to the eye. Ugh. <laughs> oh. But, um, DC fought Derek Lewis with like a bad back, still won. Yeah, also kind of crazy. Derek Lewis, it's crazy to think that's about what a couple years ago, and honestly, I believe we have a totally different Derek Lewis than um, now than what we had back then. Based Derek Lewis, we didn't see him on the ground because his takedown defense was actually really damn good uh, on Saturday night. I was thoroughly impressed by that. I'm always impressed by his striking because it's amazing. But I was even more impressed by his takedown defense. He's really been working on that hard, and it, it's obvious at this point. Well, that's yeah. That was the only hole in his game. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you could get that guy to the ground, it was he pretty much night night. <laughs> yeah, but with him being able to stand and, and keep it, you know, standing and banging, that's just so. That's just so nice for him. It's great news for him. Yeah. So obviously, this this guy, Derek Lewis, has uh has been making some improvements, and that is a scary thought if you're at the top of this heavyweight division. But that's pretty much going to do it for UFC Vegas 19. And now, Blake, one of the things I want to talk to you about before we roll into UFC Vegas 20 and talk about some of our fights to watch out for for that one, let's talk about some news coming from Ariel Hawani today with uh, his or um, on, on from Monday when he was recording with uh, Daniel Cormier. He was saying that, well, let's go back to the the whole Twitter beef. After Kamar Usman successfully defended his belt against Gilbert Burns, he called for the rematch against Jorge Masvidal. Immediately called for that one. Then about was like two days later, he said, "I'm done being generous. Anyone could get it." And he was seemingly ducking Jorge, but I don't think he's actually going to be ducking Jorge. I don't think you really have a reason to duck Jorge Masvidal, uh, quite personally. And so we kind of thought that they moved on from the possibility of that rematch. But now, according to Ariel Hawani, that's the fight that's more than likely going to happen. And he said that he'd be shocked if this isn't the next fight. So, Blake, 
do you want this rematch? Is this the next fight to making that welterweight division? Um, I think for Usman's uh, paychecks, yeah. <laughs> but is it the fight that really intrigues me the most? It's up there, but I just I don't think that Masvidal has enough to get it done. I mean, I don't know. I just I just don't think he's gonna have the answers to uh, to be able to stop Usman's game plan. Even with the full camp, is that going I mean, to make I just, a difference? I don't, I don't think a full camp is going to change much. Is is this even a? Now this might not be the rematch we want. Is this even a good fight though? Is this even that competitive of a of a matchup? Um, I don't. Because I, I think it'll you. still be. I think it'll still be competitive. I don't know. It's it, it's really hard to tell because I don't. I don't know how Usman didn't finish him the first time. Like he just couldn't really get too efficient of offense off on him or too effective of offense off on him. He couldn't, but even, even then I, I I still feel like between that fight and and this most recent fight, Gilbert Burns, I saw a totally different striker in that octagon. Going back to what we were saying after that UFC two, um, UFC two fifty eight card, it's a whole new Kamar Usman, and that's right. because training with Team Elevation, training with the best coach in MMA right now, Trevor Whitman, having Trevor Whitman in his corner for his fights, that has totally transformed his game, and he looks like a totally different animal on the feet. We need, uh, we didn't even get to see him on the ground, so maybe that's improved too. But we already know he's more than dominant and more yeah. than capable on the ground, and but, he's already proven that he can take it wherever he wants in uh, in a matchup against Jorge Masvidal. Exactly. You know, whether it be against the fence and him stomping feet or whether he can get Masvidal to the ground and he can, you know, control from the top. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not really too interested in that fight. Colby Covington. That's a better matchup. That would be, I think that would be a better matchup. But, yeah, it's, well, it's just. not only the better one. It's water, the best right one, now. maybe the only one that Walter Wade division at this point. Wonder Boy is on a suspension and plus he's a weird fighter. So, I still he's want to see Wonder Boy the versus, best matchup. Yeah. My my fight, I want to see Wonder Boy against uh, Gilbert Burns. That's my next one. Then even Gilbert Burns may agree because if you follow us on Twitter at Fourth Long Radio, you could you could have seen that Gilbert Burns liked uh, my my suggestion to to one of his tweets saying to fight Wonder Boy next. So hey, if that means anything, we can go off of that. We can go off of a uh, fighter liking tweets um, nowadays, Blake. So I think that's real real news, real reporting. And I'm just going to say right now, Gilbert Burns is going to fight Stephen Thompson next, and it's more than confirmed at this point. Yeah, Ross gets really excited when you like his tweets, if you can't tell. Hey, it's all about those sick, sick impressions, baby, especially when you got that check bar next to your name. <laughs> I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want, Blake, but go follow us. Yeah, do a good job. I don't think this is going to be a good fight. Even before... Hori Masol might have had the advantage on the feet before Kamar with the um quotes the old Kamar Usman the the pre Trevor Whitman Kamar Usman he might have had the advantage there. Now the only place where, that Masol will ever have an advantage is on is, is in the stand up. I don't think he has it anymore. Kamar Usman is a better stand up fighter than Gilbert um, than than Hori Masol at this point. That's why I don't want this rematch. I don't care about this rematch. This rematch doesn't interest me at all because it's just going to be a totally one-sided affair. And if it's not another 50-45 fight, it's going to be a knockout for Kamar Usman. But from his perspective, Blake, we all know 
the ultimate equation when it comes to trying to pick your fights and that is the easiest fight for the most amount of money and Hori Masol is the easiest fight for the most amount of money so if you're Kamar Usman you make this happen if you're the UFC you make this happen because of the pay-per-view buys but it doesn't matter because it's not going to be that good of a fight now to kind of sum things up on this one, to wrap things up, let's take a look ahead at UFC Vegas 20. Of course, as we mentioned, it is going to be a fight between the number three ranked Jurizino Rosenstreich against the number seven ranked Serial Gone. And both coming off. Actually, the funny thing is both their last fights uh, have been knockout wins in the second round. Over Junior Dos Santos, so we've got a little bit of similarities there. But besides, of course, the main event, which clearly sticks out, Blake, do you have uh, some of your must-see fights on this one? Anything else that, that really gets you excited? Because it's a solid card again. Yeah, I mean, the co-main's going to be sweet with Ankalov, Ankalev, however you say that name. Magomed uh, Ma- Magomed and Ankalev. Number eight against number 11, baby. That's a solid light heavyweight matchup right there. That's going to be a good one. Um, also, Jimmy Rivera and Pedro Munoz yes. is on is on here. So yes. that's, that's going to be another really good fight, I think, too. Um, that's Alex number Caceres. eight and number nine bantamweight right there. That's, that's another that's paycheck. A fun one. We got Cowboy. Um, that's pretty much it for me, though, honestly. I'd, yeah, I'd say uh, Alex the three Oliver fights. Alex always a fun guy. My three top fights are main event, co-main event, and that bantamweight showdown between Rivera and Munoz. Hey, we're right there together then. But I, I will give a special shout out to Angela Hill because she yep. always and Ashley Yoder as well mm-hmm. because she uh they both always throw down. Yes, I I don't think I've seen a boring fight with those two yet. It, it, and we've already been getting some early smack talk on the Twitterverse too. So uh, hey, maybe get a little. Twitter bad blood, you know, that only goes so far. And then one the- Angela just gets into it all the time though. I mean, yeah, she, she was getting into it with uh damn, who was it the other day? It was not not Michelle Waterson. Who the hell was it? I was laughing my ass off though. Her and some girl were going at it online. Damn, I wish I could remember, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> we I cannot you, Blake, remember. But it was funny as hell. If you uh, got the names or tweet thread, drop that on with this one because that was uh, that was plenty of fun. And now, Blake, one name that you didn't bring up, but one I'm going to bring up for you, is Alex Hernandez. He's in the featured bout on the prelims, or as we like to call it, the main event of the prelims. And I just want him to get knocked the hell out again because one of my favorite fights, I think, especially favorite Donald Cerrone fight, was when he was uh, fighting this Alexander Hernandez guy, a guy that was booked to be the next big thing in this lightweight division, and he was acting like a cocky little douche. And then, uh, you know, old man Cowboy Cerrone came in and rocked his mess in a couple rounds and really put him out. So that was one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen personally. So hey, maybe he could lose again and make us all happy. <laughs> Hey, to go back though, uh, Tisha Torres. Oh, thank you, thank you. That I knew was... I could find that real quick because I, I it was on Twitter the other day. So, yeah. why yeah. does it feel like if it's doesn't happen in the octagon, it's happening on Twitter in, in MMA, hands down, right? Like that's the way they get fights a lot of times. You if you you know if you get traction and. I feel like that might be another metric that maybe that the UFC might use. 
is just see how much engagement you know these these backs these back and forths go twitter dimensions and uh see who you know yeah see which matchups gain the most traction online and see what 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 makes people tune in hey what i are people most interested in i think i'd be more surprised if they didn't do that already because that's that's just right? smart stuff right there you have to look at what the people want and obviously if you could see these actual interactions and uh you know there's That'd be a sweet job dude just to like be on twitter all day and just be like you know tisha and angie were arguing and i think they had a little bit more than angie and claudia gadalia did so let's make that match up <laughs> angie and tisha let's get it going no imagine and the person doing that is none other than dana white himself he's actually sucking no, twitter he's, no. <laughs> he's too busy chasing streamers <laughs> What's well, crazy? Inefficiently, ineffectively. We, we got a story for UC257. We didn't really hear anything about it for 258. So do you already? Did they already give up on, on the whole? That's what I'm saying. Thing? I told you, bro. It was fear tactics. They did it for the Connor card. That's uh -huh. all they fuck. That's all they were planning on doing the whole time. They got me, but thank goodness my seventy dollar payment didn't go through, and I got to, you know, go to my neighbor's house and watch it for free. Wink, wink. And thank goodness I didn't even do it in the first place because. uh I'm a cheap bastard. Blake. You went to your neighbor's house and watched it at your neighbor's place. No, no, wink, no. wink. I didn't even think about buying that pay-per-view because I was like, either I'm going to watch it or I'm not. This is the 21st century, brother. We don't got to pay $70 to watch some fights. Right, right. I mean, dude, you're going to raise the price. To, to Put some respect well, on my technically, name. Technically, Blake, 75 because you had to have the ESPN Plus account to be able to even get the pay-per-view. I, I ain't broke, so I got that. Well, I, that's the one thing I actually buy. Uh it's kind of breaking the bank, though, you know. Five bucks a month is hard to afford, Blake. I don't know what to tell you, man. It's college, dude. I'm trying to ball on the budget. You got to make it happen. Hey, and we do make things happen. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it for us this week on our latest edition of UFC Talk. UFC Vegas 19 was a lot of fun. UFC Vegas 20 is looking like a great card, man. And, I, man, Blake, this, a couple years ago, I would not the UFC heavyweight division was lacking and they were lacking kind of hard but now with all these young guys being pumped into it we got the heavy guys at the top some young guys coming into it now this is turning to be and it's kind of making a comeback the UFC heavyweight division is making a comeback a little bit yeah it's definitely getting some new players in there got some new blood John Jones coming up makes it even more interesting. So, I mean, it, there's almost too many options now. It went from a little thin to like, man, who the heck can we match up now? But that's always a good problem to have. It's always to, good to have too many options rather than not enough because then you get stale divisions like the women's bantamweight and the women's uh, flyweight can we and even the women's say, featherweight. Yeah, right. Can we even say that? <laughs> so, basically all divisions in the women except for the 115. Except for the 115, right? That that seems a to be... A freaking fight, Whaley. God. <laughs> well, yeah, we were talking about this before the show. Blaine, uh... When is she uh, Blake, fight Blake, next? Yeah. Uh, Seriously. It, it has to Does be she Rose. Have a fight? No, no, there's no fight scheduled. Exactly. That's crazy. Just hurry know. up. Book. Book. Jang Whaley. Rose Namajunas. Call it June. Call it June. Okay, what is that? That's going to be... So she gets to take... Like UFC 263 or something like that. She gets to take 15 months off then at that point. I guess. That's crazy. 15 months. It's ridiculous. That's wild. And then hurry up and get Jessica Andrade versus Shevchenko. Just just, just make that happen. 
Mm, yeah, that's um. Who isn't she fighting? Uh, no, she just beat Chukagian, right? Yeah, just beat beat the hell out of Chukagian. Like I said, she was going to. And so, then Chukagian beat up uh, Calvillo. Yeah. Just to Andrade versus Shevchenko. Just to Namiyuz against Jang Weili. Hell, even have them like make one card Jang, and then the card after that Valentina call it good because I need to see some fights. At least we get to see the greatest woman fighter of all the time. The thing that sucks Hammer about the Valentina fight though is like just the reach. I think she's gonna piece. I think she's gonna piece up Jessica pretty bad. Well, you can say that about almost anyone that Shevchenko's. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see when it happens, though. We'll yeah. see. Hey, we'll see if and when we get there. But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in until the end. Of course, I've been your host, Ross Allen. This has been our UFC correspondent, Blake Campbell. And keep your fingers crossed that we somehow win this UFC giveaway so we can be there live at UFC 2. Was it they're doing it for 259 or 260? I think uh, it's 259. Two, six, I thought it was 260. I don't know. It's one of them. Keep your fingers crossed that we can you be there so we can get you some crazy insider content because oh boy would that be good for the views and i don't want just want to go there for a vacation it's purely for business but um you know keep things locked check out our interviews especially the most recent one one of more recent ones with the training partner of the iron mike tyson one hell of a guy right there that was a fun interview and keep it locked for you see vegas 20 and we will catch you guys in the next one.